0: straw
1: Hut media on the scissoring isn't a thing um i said they said what boss or what person would you tell off if you could um anyone that you would ever want to tell off that you haven't like, so i said hmm oh andy cohen i said that but i was like joking i said but i wouldn't suggest it, it didn't go well for me um i go because i did actually tell him off a couple times in emails but yeah, I <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, wouldn't really suggest it, but I think we all at some point want to yell at our bosses, right?
2: Uh, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure people want to yell at me all the time. I do
1: for sure. You know, I <laughs> yell over my texts. You can
2: yeah, tell. Oh, I sure can. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, but you know, I mean, I don't really, because I live my life very much like, uh don't like this. You're pissing me off. I don't hold too much in. So I feel like there's not that many people that I would, I mean, I would never, I don't have anything to tell you off about because in the moment I tell you off.
2: That's a good point. You, you definitely do that. You don't hold it in.
1: No, but like bosses and parents are a little bit harder because you don't want to fuck up the family or fuck up your job. So I think that in those two instances, people probably are a little bit, they might have some shit to say (laughs) to their dad or to Andy.
2: Wait, so this, so well, so wait. We're gonna about. We're about to listen to the, your episode with Scissoring. Isn't it a thing. Yeah. What? And anything else that you want to <laughs> tease us about before
1: um, we? <laughs> I, I listened to it when I was a little tipsy, so I don't remember. But there were some. I definitely had some. It was all in good fun. So you know, they had games and they had other things that we played.
2: And the um, and the host names. What 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 are their names again? Because one what, of them is her uh, Andy's assistant or yeah, or was, Darren.
1: Or? Um, and Liz is a bisexual actress that lives here in LA and they're hilarious together. Why are you laughing? Like, Cause I don't like why did I say that a bisexual, actress. bisexual? But that's what she said. Like, she's like, I'm not bi- I'm bisexual. And she's,
2: do you think that's how people introduce you? <laughs> Is that what they said Maybe about you? I'll
1: take it. I'm like, I don't really care. People can say whatever they want about me, but we had a really good, I couldn't talk to these girls forever. I did have a little crush on Darren when I was at Watch What Happens Live once and she had this black jacket on. It was like a leather jacket, but it was like crunchy. You know how like it peels? It mm. looks really like it was uncomfortable oh, to have on. It looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, it would hurt to wear it. <laughs> but i didn't tell but her yeah it you she on. has really pretty skin <laughs> and i liked her but i didn't tell her on the podcast now she's gonna know
2: um, oh yeah i realized
1: that she's so young they're young they're babies i feel they making really? me feel old yeah. but i dropped some other bombs that i didn't even know that i had her drop but i did
2: uh i Jeez. know give me tease me about one of the bombs you I, dropped like don't give me the whole thing because i'm gonna listen to it with when with when we air it right now <laughs> but but
1: uh, i but tease don't me. like They asked me who's the most boring housewife of anywhere. And then like, just like stuff, like it's a lot of sex and reality. That's what we should call it. Sex and reality. The reality of sex. That's good. Sex.
2: Ooh. (laughs) Sex. Okay. Okay. Let's play it. (laughs) Let's do it. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. (laughs)
0: It is Darren Carp from Scissoring Isn't a Thing. And of course, I'm with the beautiful... Who are you again, Liz?
3: Oh, I'm Liz Cully. Hello. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Darren, what an exciting episode. I know that you have known Brandy for many years, given that you are... A decade, maybe. Yes. I mean, you are a bravo leb in your own right. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Thank God we have you. And thank God we have you for this podcast, because I feel like you had so much context when we recorded with Brandy.
0: And the thing about Brandy, as I've learned over the years, and as she will tell you, is context with her is very important. She has, you know, the ability to mean what she says and says what she means, but you can also take snippets of that and really spin it around. So I'm glad we got a full extended conversation with her as opposed to just getting like a soundbite or two, which I've gotten over the years just in interviews. This is the first really extended interview I've gotten with her. And so it was really lovely to get to talk to her.
3: I thought she was so sweet, so So funny. So kind. You know, honesty is like number one with her. And she was obviously very honest with us. And I just I've been such a fan of hers for so long. So I was glad to finally virtually meet her. She's not just a party girl, Liz. She's not just a party girl. <laughs> well, we learned that. I mean, we did. Brandy did drop some fun uh, facts on us, so to speak. Yes. And she I would consider a fantastic queer ally. Uh, especially on Bravo. So yeah. it was, and one of us, she's, as she will tell us that she is definitely one of the tribe. She is
0: one of the tribe, even though she doesn't put any label on her tribe at all, but she is definitely a part of the tribe and is absolutely an advocate in this season. Last season of Beverly Hills certainly showed it, but before that, Brandy was always pretty vocal about everything that she's thought. And uh, yeah, it was just a pleasure getting to talk to her.
3: Speaking of, The tribe and being in the tribe. Can you let everybody know where to follow you on social so that they can be a part of your tribe, Darren? Well,
0: I mean, if you want to be a part of the uh, the Carpies, as I'm calling it, just made it up. It's a working title. Don't uh, (laughs) don't hold me to it. Oh, Uh, you can follow me on all social media at Carpe Darren. You have to follow our podcast at S.I.A.T. Podcast stands for scissoring isn't a thing. Liz, where can the Cullies
3: be? No, that doesn't work. That could work. Please follow me on all social media at listen to Liz. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode. Enjoy.
0: Liz. The time has come, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Christmas has come early or late, depending on your definition of when Christmas should be. Today, I am honored, Liz, to introduce our next guest. We've been wanting to talk to her for so long. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the incredible Brandy Glanville on the line. For more than 17 years, Brandi Glanville traveled the world as a high fashion and top runway and print model. Same with me, so we relate a lot on this. She appeared on the glossy pages of premier fashion magazines, including Glamour, Cosmo, for luxury design houses such as You know, Armani, Chanel, Mm, Gucci, small, uh, small small potatoes. Glanville recently found success as an author and is currently exploring opportunities to publish a third book. She also hosts her own podcast and is seeking out ways to parlay that into a more permanent career. Her most important role, however, is that of mother to Mason and Jake, who Mason helped her with the Zoom today, so we can thank Mason right off the bat, whom she shares custody of with her ex-husband and television star, Eddie Sibrian. In her downtime, Glanville enjoys dancing, cooking, golfing, Pilates, Hiking, staying active in her charities, building Lego castles with her boys, and hopefully talking some shit with us today. Brandi Glanville, welcome to Scissoring. Isn't a thing. I, by the way, I don't know why it says I golf because I fucking hate golf. I, hate <laughs> I can't imagine you on the golf course. No, I gotta no. say, like it, it doesn't work well. I don't know. I'm not picturing it right. No,
1: I I tried once and I threw. I got so frustrated. I threw the golf club and then. The last time I was in a golf cart, I had Jake with me and I might have been intoxicated.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say the only way to be in a golf cart is intoxicated. I, but feel I like.
1: had, I slammed on the brakes and he went through the windshield, which was half plastic. So that was it for me. Golf was not happening anymore. Yeah.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah. I went snowboarding once, went down a hill, almost broke my elbow, and I was like, I'm good. Like, I an elbow. I don't need to- yeah, I felt weird, and I was like, "I'm upset. Like, I'm. I don't need to keep trying this." So, oh, uh, well, God. we thank you for being here. We hope a cocktail is in hand. Uh, water is in hand for me, but uh, Liz, exactly. you look perfectly schlossed. Yes, no,
1: not today. The boys are here. Otherwise, probably. Fair enough. Fair enough.
3: Brandy, we typically ask our guests how they identify. You know, we're in a world where everybody likes to be identified correctly, as they should. Would yes. you mind identifying yourself? perhaps gender and sexuality for the listeners?
1: Um, you know what? It kind of makes me crazy because I think that we're all just sexual beings. And whoever okay. turns you on turns you on. So I just, I like who I like when I like them. And I've always been that way. So I'm a girl and I like girls and I like guys. And I don't know what that makes me. I, I, I hate like when people have to put you in a box. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I just feel like I like box. But
0: (laughs) well, I mean, to your point, I do think that because when you come out and say one thing, it's like, okay, I I identify as a lesbian, but that doesn't mean that I don't find any man attractive. And then what if I kissed a guy like people are going to have all these like preconceived notions about me? Liz is bi. She gets it all the fucking time. She's not straight enough, not gay enough. And so to your point, I I really like that, uh, that you don't really want to be labeled. When in your life did you sort of realize, though? that maybe you weren't the classic version of what a heterosexual female would be? I mean, when were you okay to talk about some sort of fluidity in what you like?
1: So it actually happened really young age. Um, I was a middle child. I cut my hair off short. I wanted to be, I don't know, everyone thought I was a boy and I was cool with it. Like I liked it because I got attention because my sister was the pretty one and I was the middle child. So I was always doing something weird. I shaved half my head at one point. And wow. we were like, you? I'm like, yeah, like such a girly girl. But I knew when I was in gymnastics and I would always have sleepovers with my friend Annette. We were probably nine or 10, and we would fake kiss with our hands. And then we would like pretend like we got married and we we're having sex and we were just like bumping. And so I always knew that I liked boys and I liked certain girls. It's not like it doesn't mean it just has to be organic for me. It doesn't mean like I only like dudes or I only like chicks. It's just, I always say I'm crooked as fuck, because I don't think anyone's actually straight, I agree,
3: yeah, I think it's hard to define what is very straight and not, but I like crooked that's a, a I like crooked as your, fuck though yeah right. crooked as fuck, that could be your identifier, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I, mean, I just don't want people to think of like a
3: thief or a steal or anything weird <laughs> yeah, but
1: um, yeah, my family, they were like hippies, my mom, and dad, and we have like every gay boy living in our house that got kicked out and hit their houses, but oh. Yeah, it was interesting. But when I, when my dad kind of found out that I like girls, it was really hard for him. And but why is there a double standard? Like, why is it okay for all of these kids to be living with us and they're male? But if it's me, and I actually like girls, like, why is that a problem? So I feel like there is a bit of a double standard. How did he find out? Yeah. How did that conversation go? I've never really made... I'm the same as I always have been. So I would just say, oh yeah, Tori and I were making out last night. And we oh. were like, you know what I mean? And he used to get so... I also like to like kind of make him mad. We didn't get along very well, so.
0: And like, what age did you say that to him? Like, how old were you when maybe that first conversation happened?
1: I feel like they always knew, My mom always knew. She didn't care. But I feel like he always knew. But he actually, I think he brought it up to me. It was like somewhere in high school where he was like, you better not be a lesbian. Huh. And then I was like, well, what if I am? But, I, you know, guys anger girls, like it wasn't ever that. Right. Then I just wanted to like put it in his face even more just because that's what I do.
0: Because <laughs> you're an agitator and that's why we yeah. love you here and sort of force the issue. But as a parent now, you know, I, I, I've had sort of a similar experience. My parents are hippies, really cool, though, and they were cool with it. But it kind of took uh, some of them a little bit longer to kind of get on the road with it. And as a parent now, do you maybe see that your dad... And maybe this isn't the case, but do you see that your dad maybe was just like mourning the life he thought you were going to have. And now you're smashing that norm. Or what did you attribute it to?
1: My dad thought I was going to be a stripper. He's like, you're going to end up on a superpower.
3: And I'm like, maybe. I'll be be <laughs> right. You've got the legs for it. <laughs> yeah, Hell yeah, you I do. mean, yeah, it you was either going to be high fashion or stripper. I, I
1: really I couldn't say. He, my dad, by the way, is fucking insane. So there's that. So there's, there's no logic with him. So like, it just it's like fighting with a crazy person, you're never gonna win. So Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, whatever, you can think what you want, I'm gonna do what I want.
3: So it sounds like he just, you know, took it the way he was gonna take it. And I guess, now that you've got kids, I don't know, Darren, if this is kind of what you were getting at, do you kind of understand his reaction, maybe that he was just kind of like, Oh shit! I don't. Maybe this scares him, or I don't know. Can you kind of see any of maybe the reasons why he reacted that way? Yeah, I felt like there was a huge double
1: standard in my household. Yeah. It was like okay for all of these you know guys to hang out with us and to live with us, when they got kicked out for being gay. But God forbid it was me, or you know, I just we didn't get along when I was growing up, and I just felt like there was just a double standard. And I I made sure as a parent with my boys, we talk about everything. So if they walk by. It doesn't matter that right. <laughs> like, you know, I like girls and I like guys. It used to bother my ex-husband. He's like, why do you give off such a lesbian vibe? I'm like, I don't think I give off a vibe of any kind, number one. I do appreciate beautiful women as much as I appreciate a good looking guy. So if I see someone, I'm not like the hater. I'm like, oh, wow, she's
0: gorgeous. And I, he just really bothered him. And I don't know why. I mean, it's so curious because it's like, hey, you know, if you're thinking about the stereotypical lesbian vibe. Brandy Glanville is not the it first name come that mind. comes to my fucking not the first mind. If, one. Not the first right, one. if I'm thinking about, like, the stereotypical what a lesbian would look like, and, you know, granted, those norms have been smashed, but I'm just kind of like... I never really got that impression from you. And I, I, it's so weird that, you know, your ex-husband would say that, do you find that today though, there's still that double standard just in society of like, it's sort of okay for men, you know, to be like, okay, I'm going to hook up with, with boys or girls, but for women, it's like, they make you want to decide and put you in a box for lack of a better term. Uh,
1: I do. I honestly think that, the stereotype for lesbians is, is everyone's like, oh, you're moving in, oh, she's moving in in a U-Haul in a day, and you know, uh, you know, there's all of these negative stereotypes, and it's just like that's you can't say that we're all one way or all another way, and when you hear about gay men, oh, that's you know, it's fine, they're just um, what do you call
3: it when they're they're permission- oh, two in two income, no kids. You know yeah. what I'm talking? Do you guys Too know what I'm talking? Do you guys know that that acronym where it's like, oh shit, I'm gonna forget it. Um, but it's basically like they're super. They're just living their life. It's like two gay men, like without kids, so they're just super rich. Anyway, sorry, oh I don't my have. God, I never heard that, but that would make sense. Yeah,
0: <laughs> go ahead, continue. I don't know. I just like I
1: have um a bunch, not a bunch. I would say like three really cr- close lesbian. They're lesbians. They do, They actually hate men. These three, but. I feel like they have they have it a lot harder than gay men. That's that's my well in Los Angeles where I live. I feel like I don't I can't explain it, but there's such an acceptance now these days with all sexualities that there's still these negative stereotypes said about women that are lesbian.
0: Well, this is actually maybe a perfect segue into actually a question that, you know, I'm sure we're going to ask you, which is obviously, you know, last season of Beverly Hills, which sort of this this rumor mill was spread between, you know, you and Denise and and all this stuff. And, And we want to get into that for sure. But do you think when you look back now that the season has aired and, you know, it's been six months or whatever it's going to be, do you think that the reaction would have been the same if it were like men in the category as opposed to two women in the category? No,
1: I feel like everyone was like in shock and horror that this could actually happen between two women. And if it was men, it would be fine. Like, I just, I felt like the reaction, especially with some of the other women was like, oh my God, like, like, what do you do when you're with a girl? And I'm like, are you joking? How old are you? Like, how do you not know what you do? And it was just a little bit shocking for me because it was such a big deal. And it yeah. was- if it was like two gay men, they hooked up, you know, who cares? Like everyone's like, oh, that's what they do. They have an understanding. And I think because of the way it came out and it was
3: just,
1: I don't know, it was talked about for so long before it actually showed and aired that there was like a negative conversation with it. Like, oh my God, it's horrible. And meanwhile, like who can if you, if it's okay with your husband or whoever, and you want to hook up with a chick, do what you want. Do what makes you happy. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's a big. I didn't think it was a big of a deal as it was, except for the fact that she was married and Aaron didn't know.
3: Right. I really felt for you when everything was coming out, as I'm sure a lot of other people did. But I, it particularly struck me because I've been as a bisexual woman in the situation similar to yours, where. I hooked up with a girlfriend of mine in college, and she was both of us didn't even have labels. We didn't even know what I think we both even had boyfriends, to be honest with you. But it ended up coming out in our friend circle, and it was as if like I was a predator or something because you know I wasn't shameful about it, whereas this other woman really was. And I felt my heart kind of pulled for you in the way that Denise treated you. And some of the other women because it was just like as if you had instigated and as if if something was wrong. But when, you know, I've listened to your interviews, it really sounded like the opposite, right? Like Denise really was coming strong, hot and heavy for you. Have you heard from other people like me, or has other women reached out with similar stories to mine, I guess, after everything?
1: No, not really. I mean, I got a ton of shit for it. That's I yeah. mean people were sorry. That's okay. Listen. It was either say it or like, let it eat you alive. Totally. Because once one of the bitches knows, then you got to just fucking say it. And I told him drunkenly and I was like, oh, now I have to say it. But I really felt like I was set free after I said it. But, you know, I think that there's always an aggressor in a relationship. Like I was
0: dating Kat Cora. She's a chef for a little while. And
3: wait, 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 wait. Please hold the phone. Liz <laughs> is now
0: peeing her pants, Brandy. Thank you so much for this. Yes. Wait, when did you date Kat Cora? A couple of years ago. We were
1: we were doing a cooking show together and we just hit it off and we had like a good little fun relationship. But she lived in Santa Barbara. And then it was like on e News, and then she called me a party girl. It's like, oh, you're having a relationship with Brandi? like, she's just a party girl. And I was like, fuck you. I just wasn't ready. Like we were out and about in LA doing our thing, doing whatever we wanted, making it out at restaurants. So
0: like, I just assumed that people knew because I don't know. Well, you can't walk you can't walk two seconds in Hollywood, you know, with somebody and not the assumption isn't, you know, you're going to be dating them, especially at a restaurant with Kat Cora. But this is sort of, this is sort of bringing me back a little bit to what you were saying about your dad, how there's sort of this like double standard, right? It's like Kat probably would be like, oh, if you were hooking up with, you know, Brandy, you're hooking up with Sarah or something, you know, she'd be like, good for you. But when it comes to her, she's got this like opinion about it. Do you equate that to an internalized homophobia in a lot of ways? Like, uh, what do you attribute that like? ick factor in front of people about, but then like, yeah, behind closed doors, like I'm going to rip your clothes off and I love you.
1: I mean, I think a lot of it has to do more with reality television than, and like what people see me as the drunk, crazy one on reality TV. Like I do have that side to me. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people since reality television, my love life has definitely not been as good as it used to be because I do have this, everyone just assumes I'm fucking wasted all the time and I'm always screaming and, you know, falling over, which I have that, you know, I could do that. But I think that there's an embarrassment that I've dealt with since being on Housewives with the people that I date, like with the Gerard Butler thing, not wanting to say, he's like, well, you didn't tell me your name. Otherwise I never would have done it. I'm like, what, 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 you know? And then with Kat, of course she was great and sweet and lovely. But when it came to talking publicly about it, it was like, oh, she's a party girl. And I was just like, you know what? Claim it. I want to be claimed. You know what I mean? So it just that part of it sucks. I don't think it's like a homophobia thing. I think with me, it's more like she's crazy on TV. Not trying to claim that.
3: Right. But do you think with the Denise situation, there was a little bit of internalized homophobia? I don't know. As of and again, I know it's all edited reality TV, I guess, just as a viewer watching it and ve- feeling very compassionate towards you in it, I was like, what the fuck? This is so clear what happened here. And all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? The denial in, in itself felt like internalized homophobia. Double, it, 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 it doubled did.
0: downed it, it, almost in it. Like yeah, it, um, for sure. I, I didn't
3: even think that, uh, to me, that storyline would have been
0: maybe a two-episode arch, and this lasted, like, a whole season. even before the season aired to way after, like, uh, yeah seemed like not a big deal to me. She just probably didn't want to like say about it because she's got kids. And now it was like an utter denial. There has to be something better than, there has to be something graver than just like not wanting to claim Brandy Glanville. Cause like, you're amazing.
1: Yeah, girl. That's very sweet of you. Well, when I'm like, I met, the first time I met her, we made out in the bathroom. And, like we were just, she was fun. You know, it's fine. But that's all I, I was like, waist up that night. I was good. i was <laughs> just like, you know, you get your waist up. It's like, okay. Um, But I really liked her as a friend. I think she was more worried about the whole, like she plays the victim a lot, like with Charlie and all of these things. And she was worried about what people would think of her, like her persona. I don't know if that's homophobia or still just wanting everyone to believe everything she says. Right. And because when I went to visit her, Patrick's like, did you hook up with Denise the first night? And I was like, no. And he's like, Babe, I dated her for five years. I know she loves women. I'm like, well, no. The second
0: night we talked to <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let's be clear about timeline yeah. here. Like it happened in 48 hours, not in 24 hours.
1: People in her inner circle know 100%. I don't think that she was ready to have it on Housewives. But I, I told her, anything that you're hiding, regardless, if you think you can keep it hidden,
0: it will come out eventually on these shows the longer you stay on them. It always does. The truth always comes out. I mean, and to your point, I mean, Housewives in general as a franchise has changed a lot over the years and and certainly in the past few seasons. But so has the world. I mean, when Housewives came out, gay people weren't even allowed to get married. You know, Bravo was sort of this this tentpole of like this progressive network. And now, yes, it still is. But like there's RuPaul's Drag Race and there's so many things out there now. How do you see maybe this this storyline, but also and I know we're going to get into a little bit of Bronwyn and everything. Liz, got a couple questions for you. But how do you see, you know, Housewives and these beacons of just these like rich, gorgeous women maybe changing the world for the better? I mean, will women be more open and honest, specifically in the Housewives world and reality TV in general? about how not everything works in just this perfect monogamous heterosexual relationship. I mean, are you going to help to sort of change the view of what normal is? I mean, I would, I would hope that that, I, you know, I can't speak for everyone on these shows,
1: but Bronwyn definitely, I feel like she's doing, she's being completely honest. And I love that. I mean, I think a lot of these marriages, these perfect marriages when they come onto these shows are not so perfect and they want, like, I, w- I would say the women want to shine a light on what their husbands are doing wrong and get everyone to be like, oh, poor you, you should leave them. And then they end up, you know, I feel like it's almost a way out of their marriages in a way. Even with Bronwyn, it was like, there were so many rumors about her husband being gay and their, you know, open relationship and all of these things. And I feel like she came on to free herself from all of the secrets she
3: had that were weighing her down, you know? Yeah. I mean, it it feels like a lot all at once with Bronwyn. And I know there are rumors today as we're filming that she has quit the show. We're filming January 19th. And second seasons are hard. Darren always gives me the intel about how hard it is to go. And you've been there, right? From being this like coming out the gates, hot stallion, rookie. And then you've got to like keep it up the second season. And I think it was huge for her to come out and say that she was a lesbian. It definitely changed, I think, what we thought Real housewives could be and could look like. Do you think she'll stay on? I mean, the OC is such a conservative place, people don't realize. Like, do you think she'll be able to kind of stick it out should she decide to stay on the show? Or do you think it's better to like leave? On the highest note, I guess, um, in no, terms yeah. of...
1: My friend says you always have to know when to leave the party. But the fact is she has seven fucking kids. Like She can't, right. she can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's so, real. But again, you have to have friends left on the show in order to be brought back. And I don't know that she does because the last I heard, she wasn't speaking to anyone on the show. So I mean, I think it would be good for all of us to see that journey just because it's never really shown. It's always like, oh, I have diamonds and money and... Um, a glam team. And that gets real boring real quick. And so it was nice to see some realness. But it, again, I think people are shocked. They were shocked with me and Denise. They're shocked with Bronwyn. It's like, it's real shit. It's happening. Like we're, It's not all just Rosé and diamonds. Like I feel like I want to see that. Will we see that? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't want to keep harping on it, but how has, since that season ended, which I think ended... Beverly Hills with a lot of questions. You know, I think certainly when I told people that I was talking to you today, they wanted to know every question under the sun that I'm sure you can imagine. How did your life change? Did it change at all from that? Did you learn a lesson? Are you and Denise friends? Question mark. You know, I've never been able
1: to speak with her since she stopped showing up for the show. I reached out after the show. I feel like if we had sat down and had a conversation, we could have worked this out. But the fact that she ran away the whole time, like, and then she wasn't back on the show. I mean, I, I think that we're enough alike where we could be friends, but at the same time, she's not willing to have that conversation. I feel like I I know myself, but I wish I would have shut the fuck up for a second, but I can't. When I have something to say, it's like, but I wish I would have waited till she was on camera to talk to her about it, where I could have, it could have been not like hearsay and I could have done it in a better way. And then she would have to be like, own up to her partner, or either just deny it or something. But I feel like there's no closure there because we, we haven't talked. I've reached out, you know, to crickets. I say crickets, and it's like, no answer. And part of me has like some guilt. I feel bad. But at the same time, I it's like, don't feel bad. I'm like, I just have, I feel bad for her reaction. Yeah. I didn't expect that from her because she seems so chill. So like granola and like, yeah, like you're talking about threesomes and Charlie and feeding hookers and happy ending massages. Like, right. well, this is not that big of a deal. So I just expected a different reaction. But I also wish I would have spoken to her
0: and not to Teddy and Kyle. Do you put a little bit of onus at all on Kim? Because she was kind of the one who spilled the beans to Kyle and Teddy as it happened or... Is that, were you kind of expecting that to happen once you kind of said to Kim, you know, oh, I hooked up with Denise?
1: Why don't you tell any of these women anything? And so <laughs> yeah. when, Kim, when Kim said, you have to tell everyone, I go, listen, if I want to, I will. Let me, let it be my idea. I'm going to do it my way if I do it. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, I wasn't ready to do it because I wouldn't have, as much as Teddy's nice, I don't know her that well. You know, I like, if I'm going to confide, I probably would have talked to Kyle. But I don't like to be forced into things because then I just am like, oh, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's it's uncomfortable for me. But hindsight is twenty twenty, And I always say that I always do everything wrong. But looking back, I should have done it a totally different way, but I
0: can't control myself. <laughs> Although I, I will say you had kind of an interesting thing this season because you were sort of the main focus of the entire season while not being a main cast member. So you didn't really get that opportunity to kind of defend yourself. You know, when you showed up to parties, you could talk about it, but they they kind of had silenced you. And what I want to know is like, after this whole Denise thing came out, you know, Kyle even said to Cameron, you know, Brandy Glanville is a lot of things, but she's not a liar. And I thought a lot of the women actually considering the fact that you weren't there stood up for you. Did you feel that way at all? Did you feel like you were having support of the women during this time for you? Oh uh, yeah, I did.
1: Definitely. I mean, I, they all know me really well. They know I'm an asshole and they know <laughs> that I can't keep my big fat mouth shut, but they also know that I just don't make shit up. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I, I, where would you even come up with that? Like there's, there's, I'm so glad that there are certain things I can't even tell you, but that I didn't say when she stopped showing up because I started to get really mad. And I was going to say mean things. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God. I don't need another lawsuit. That's the last thing I need. <laughs> Be happy. You're off. It's over. But yeah, you know, there's always... It's, it's bittersweet going back because it's like your home in a way. And then it's, it's... You're almost like a fly on the wall in your old house because you're not really part of the group. So it's a little, it's a little strange.
3: You've seen so many different... I mean, uh, you're really a legacy member, I feel like, of the yeah. Real Housewives of Beverly Hill. And so coming back as this fly on the wall has its advantages and disadvantages. Do you speak to people like Yolanda or Lisa Vanderpump ever? Do you guys <laughs> ever? Never.
1: Yolanda and I texted recently on her birthday. We always just check in and say hi. Um, Lisa, no. I have, I have zero... I have nothing to say to her.
3: And, yeah. yeah. No. That's interesting. Somebody when I mentioned that I w- that we were interviewing you, the, Yolanda, everyone's like, "Have they recon- like are they still cool? Are they reconciled?" I think it's really nice that you guys at least check in because it's a, huh. such a shared specific experience that you guys all have that regardless of what happens, you know, sometimes you can't let those relationships go unless they really need to be let go, probably like Lisa. But I think I don't
1: know why people thought I wasn't friends with Yolanda. I mean, We've all, we've never had a fallout. We've always been like, we've been friends. I'm not the best person at keeping in touch. You ask my friends. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I really love you, but it's been too much since I text you. Cause I just, I have two teenage boys. We're applying to colleges and right now I don't have anything to fucking say to my friends. Like, what'd you do today? <laughs> Same right. thing I did yesterday. a <laughs> um, <laughs> Quarantined at my house. Like there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. I will say, I wish I was better at keeping in touch with people, but you love who you love. And you and I always have kept in touch.
0: Yeah. You talked about getting a lot of shit uh, after this season of Beverly Hills Eric, I'm curious if you got any positive feedback from some people, especially maybe strictly in the gay community who were like, I can't tell you how many times I've hooked up with the straight guy at my, you know, straight guy at my office and he's going home to his wife, but he's sucking my dick after work i mean did you kind of get anybody being like thank you for being this advocate of the people who kind of are pushed aside when it's embarrassing to be gay yeah you know honestly like i
1: had a lot of um my friends everyone believed me so that was nice no one thought i was lying except for like the people on twitter the the nicest place on earth and social media i got all of it i got just so much hate and listen, they can all fuck off. But it's like, team Denise, team Denise, you're lying, you're lying. And I'm like, why? What do I have to gain from making that up? But all, of, you know, my friends here, a lot of, especially gay men are like, oh, we knew she was a lesbian a long time ago. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's fine. But, you know, I just, I feel as far as like the fandom went, people were just straight up on Denise's side, like in the in the Twitter universe. And I was just like, I've never lied to these folks. So why? You know, they're like, oh, she's just desperate to be back on. I was already hired to come on and no one knew that this happened. So I was hired like for three episodes. Like, do you want to come and play? So I'm like, yeah,
3: it was my... In fact, you went above and beyond, actually. (laughs) You really brought the heat that desperately needed. it. And also Heather Locklear reached out to you, if I recall correctly. And I was like,
1: yeah. Like, honestly, she... That just kind of solidified it for me. Like, yes, Denise has always been kind of a predator. And it was just like, no, I mean, like, when she wants a guy or a girl, she goes out. I don't mean predator like in a bad way, but with Heather's like husband. And it was just kind of like people always took Denise's side. And she's like, finally, people are seeing the real side of what I've dealt with for the past, you know, 10 years. You know, Heather's had it rough after that split. It was not easy for her. And I feel like she is kind of a little bit of like, not payback, but a little bit like, okay, people are finally seeing that she isn't this innocent, sweet
0: girl. Karma in a way, in, in some brutal way. I, you know, I know you don't like to put yourself in a label, certainly on a box. You're, for lack of a better term, fluid. You <laughs> like, I don't care, but whatever. Right. You like what you like. But I'm curious, did you get, do you feel like you have to represent some sort of? community or faction of maybe not perfectly straight women or do you just say fuck it you're going to do what you're going to do That's a good question.
1: I usually just say fuck it I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but because it's become more of a conversation, right. I'm making sure that people I'm not embarrassed about any of, of any of my life. I like I like women, I like men. My kids know it. We've had like so many conversations about it like enough. I had to tell them, like, that I said, I sucked her clit before it aired because then I was like, guys. And they're like, Oh, mom. (laughs) And so it was, you know, it's not like, it's not the not telling your kids and whatnot about what might be on TV for all of their friends to see was never fun, but I feel a bigger responsibility now that everyone is talking about it. And I just feel like we're all sexual beings and you know, I'm watching Vikings right now, not this second, but, like, the, girl, Viking. the girls, the the guys were
3: with the guy. Like, it was just a big old orgy with lots of braids. I'm obsessed. I love that show. Oh. I love all that period piece shit. The Last Kingdom, have you watched that? No. Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Ugh. Oh. Brandy, if there's now anything... You- you- nerds. <laughs> you guys are nerds. It's so good. Like,
1: all of these hot people and oh. can be with girls and guys can... And it's just hot, and
3: there's braids everywhere. I want I want my hair. Oh my god, it's amazing! So when you're done with Vikings, I promise you, go watch Last Kingdom. Find me, DM okay. me, and I'm pretty okay. sure you'll be thanking me. It is like just hot, sexy Nordic and British people fucking all the time, and it's great. Anyway, well, doesn't work for me. I can't even want.
1: Like literally, can't. It's too much reality for me right now. I have to like. Me with the Vikings. I'm like all the Nordic
0: people, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> you got you to reel it in. I meant to ask you, Brandy, did you grow up religious? Do you have religion in your life or any sort of spiritual faith or something? Well, we grew up, we went to private school. Like,
1: we were very poor, but we lived in a really bad neighborhood. So my parents would put us in any private school that they could afford. So we went to Baptist school. Then we went to Methodist school. Then we went to Lutheran school. We never went to church, but it was just so that we weren't getting uh, shot at school. It wasn't for religious reasons. I do believe in, I believe there's a God, but I'm not necessarily, I say I'm Christian, but I don't have, like, I don't follow one. Like, I'm not Catholic. I'm not Lutheran. I'm not any of the things that I've studied. I don't go to church. I do pray a lot more during fucking COVID, but
3: yeah.
0: Only because you know you're not the poster child for maybe a good Christian girl, and so i'm I'm in a good way, I think, but I'm just no wondering yes, she if, is like,
3: you know why because she doesn't lie, so if you think about it actually, true. if we <laughs> break true. down religion, no and and I'm not even being like funny, I'm being dead ass serious. We talk about religion with some of our guests who come yeah. on here, and everyone seems to have a different answer. but I th- Darren and I have talked about it in the past, and like if you look at the core kind of Christian values, which it sounds like you've legitimately done the tour of the Christian religion <laughs> via school. It's really no. like do on to others as you want done to yourself and don't lie and like be nice to your fucking neighbor, which I would say, Brandy Glanville, outstanding there. What
1: the, f- See? the Baptist people were fucking crazy though. Crazy. I- yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> Very, very bad dreams about this rapture video they showed us at like in third grade. And it's like the rapture. All of a sudden this this little girl has a doll and then the doll's on the ground and the girl's gone. And I like the
0: rapture. Still to this fucking day, I have bad dreams about it. But, you know, I mean, like, I'm just so happy that you're a mom because I think that you you're going to be a better even though you had you know, you had a good relationship with your parents. I think that you automatically, just by speaking your truth, never lying, are going to be a better parent to your boys than maybe your parents were to you because you seem to just be like, hey, live and let live. Like, if you want to go bring a girl home, bring a guy home, like, you're all for that. Absolutely. And I think that the kids know it too,
1: but to the point where I'm like, I'm like, listen, just tell me the truth and I won't get as mad, but I might still get mad. So now Jake will be like going upstairs He's like, dinner was just okay. I said, I don't think it was, dinner was good or, or bad. Like, you don't need to tell me everything that comes into your
0: head. So, Brandy, like, you're getting a taste of your own medicine with your boys here. You know, oh, you're honest with everyone. Yeah. Now you're fucked. He's he
1: like the truth police, too.
0: If anyone
1: says anything, like we're at Christmas and his dad said something that wasn't true. He's like, that wasn't true. That's what you said. I'm like, I have not turned a lie in front of that kid ever. You
0: will throw them straight under the box. I absolutely love that. You know, listen, we usually like to end our our show with a game. And and I want to do that. I have one last question for you just to kind of round this up. And Liz, I don't mean to take it away from you. So please feel free. But looking back now, your whole career, maybe even just what happened this season on Beverly Hills, do you have any regrets? Would you have done anything differently? What did it teach you? I feel like the
1: conversation about people like being more fluid, it just started recently, like a couple years ago. And I think that not enough women are talking about it. Obviously, you guys are. And that's great. But I feel like the bigger conversation is generally with homosexual males. And so I think that this is good. I think that it's good that I talked about it and I said it on TV because it gives everyone else like, hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with how you feel sexually. And I think some people can feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I desire a woman. I'm like, well, if that's what you want when you want it, you know, just we're all sexual beings. It doesn't have to be one way or another. Like I want to be a barbarian and have like a threesome with all of these people. Oh, my God. I'm in
3: there. Jesus. Why Brandy and I never dated, Liz? I'll never <laughs> understand. You know, I feel like I could keep up with Because Brandy. she was in Santa Barbara with Kat Cora on that property. Let me tell you, honey, that is a beautiful house. A beautiful <laughs> house. I'm really, really young, Darren. So I would
1: in jail, probably. So I'm 32, so Brandy. A girl can dream. Come on. I got a young face. Uh, you, I thought you were younger, but you're still... I mean, I could have... You could
3: be my daughter, which is <laughs> Oh, stop. I mean, listen, Brandy, I don't want to take away with what you just said. And, you know, if yes. I didn't make it more clear earlier, I just I really I doubled down in my fandom towards you after this season because I just thought it was fucking great what you did. And I think to normalize your feelings and how I just thought it was great because it wasn't it. Of course, it was a big thing, but it wasn't a big thing because you just made it feel normal. And I just want to say thank you for that. So I'm hey, here I can for it. sit here all
1: day with you guys. This-
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, yeah. you really, you broke a lot of doors,
0: whether or not you want to see it as such. But even just as someone who's been out for 12 years, I obviously worked for literally one of the gayest men in television. It's it's still uh, it's still struggle. It's still really hard. And it's still str- it's hard to see mainstream gorgeous models who are housewives on the air admitting that maybe they don't have like Not only every single answer, but maybe like perfect monogamy in in a heterosexual world isn't perfect. You know, like everyone's kind of different. Fuck what you want to fuck as long as you're respecting other people. And that's a really hard thing to come out and say. And we really appreciate you being so brave, whether or not you see it as such. Very sweet. I don't believe in monogamy anyway. I don't really think it works out, but... It doesn't. I, I believe in monogamish. Sorry, Liz. I know you're married, but like monogamish. Just like Have you talked like- to Nadine about that? Just like, well, I'm not going to my girlfriend because I'm obsessed with her. But I think Brandy, in general. <laughs> Brandy, she's in a brand new relationship. So
1: I'm there's like, a- there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's there- all like fucking rose and diamonds and great. A couple
0: years down the road, you're like, hey, let's mix it up. Right, exactly. That's what I think Bronwyn's kind of doing. This is her emergence. Um, Liz, <laughs> should we get to the game? Yes. So, Brandy, we uh, end every episode with a scissor me this game, and it is essentially just a little rapid fire, queer nonsense, bullshitty thing. I just want you to be honest, which I don't think you'll have any problem doing. Liz, tee up the first question for Brandy, please.
3: OK, fuck, Mary, kill the sisters edition. Kathy, Kyle or Kim?
1: Oh, fuck, Kyle, Mary, Kathy, kill
0: Kim. But I love her, but she drives me fucking nuts.
3: That's the correct answer, I feel like. I liked that.
0: <laughs> Brandy, who is the most boring person on The Housewives?
1: Uh, on any franchise?
3: Yes. Uh, Dorie. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate, I believe.
1: Yeah. And take away her hair and makeup. Like, what else? She's just kind of like, you know, living in London, Connecticut, wherever she fucking is from.
3: <laughs> um, okay. What is the ratio of men to women in your DMs?
1: I would say it's 100% gay men. Pretty much. Yeah. Really? What?
2: I get all gay men. I don't get any
1: hot, like there was a hot guy when he was 23 and I was like, can't do it. Um, no, it's really just gay people, gay
0: men. Fucking bizarre. Okay. One person <laughs> that you want to tell off and just fucking curse out, but you never could.
1: Oh, I tell, I, I tell everyone everything. Oh, Andy Cohen, maybe a little bit. But I did actually, I cursed him out a few times, which didn't go well for me, obviously. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So you're not recommending that I curse out Andy Cohen. Is that correct, no. Brandy? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got you. You see me, I live in a condo.
1: Come on, yeah. don't do it.
0: <laughs> oh
3: my God. Um. Wow. Who was the last real housewife that you texted with? Kyle, yesterday.
0: Okay, last one for me. Would you rather have to go down on a person for the rest of their lives or give head for the rest of your life?
1: I would rather have to go down on a person for the rest of my life. It's it's called a job for a reason. It's a (laughs) job. It's, you know, I'll do it because you want to do me, but that's it. It's not like we enjoy that. I don't.
0: Liz, Liz, that's a win for our side. I'm going to say that that's a win for our side. I'm taking this. Brandy's on our team with this whole thing. And I think think that's, I have
3: nothing left. I'm going to keep mine to myself. I think that's perfect. Um, Brandy, you have been such a delight. Thank you a for pleasure. being so open and honest with us on our fun little scissoring. Is, I, and also, I guess we should ask, do you think scissoring is a thing?
0: No! Thank you, Brandy. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I think it's... I think, right, I
3: think. I think it's... Okay. Alright. Yep.
1: So they just, like, it
3: doesn't make any sense. Because It's doing like this? dry humping. It's just dry uh, humping. But like, it,
0: it's not scissoring, like dry humping. It's really like paper, like on top of paper. It's not really like Scissors.
3: Fine, fair. I lost my audience. All
0: right, girl. Have a good day. We love you, Brandy. Thank you so much. And everyone, uh, that was Brandy Glanville. And please follow us at SIAT Podcast. Tweet us. Follow us. Just do everything you possibly can. Rate. DM us. Liz needs some sperm. Follow us at SIAT Podcast for more. Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs)
3: Thank you for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. See you next Tuesday.